Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. President's Cup just wrapped up a 16-14 victory for you, the United States team, making it eight consecutive wins uh, for the Americans in this event. So we've assembled the team uh, to break this whole thing down. So let's welcome them in right now. First off, Kyle Porter. Now, uh, Kyle, you actually nailed uh, the winning score here, 16-14. But while I think the result uh, was kind of what we had expected and what we were thinking of a week ago, I don't think how we got there was was completely expected. <laughs> no, it was not. I'm just reading back through. I, so I had to. I just had to eject from Twitter for a while to kind of write my recap uh, of the event, and I'm just reading back through some stuff. There was some unreal stuff that happened. I mean, just the whole week, man. Like it, it was. It you know, the, the, my lead in my in my piece was a, a Ryder Cup broke out at the President's Cup, right? Like we think of the Ryder Cup as being this dramatic, huge thing, and that's what this week felt like. And that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest compliment you can pay to the president's cup is that it felt like a Ryder cup. And, and, and I think the players felt like that more than uh, certainly more than they have in the past. And the whole thing was just both on and off the course. We got iconic moments. We got tiger at his best. Uh, we got some, uh, I think career changing weeks for some guys, maybe not huge changers, but for a guy like Abraham answer, that's a, that, you know, his career is going to be different after this week, or at least the way that we view it. So we got a little bit of everything this week at Royal Melbourne. Yeah, it really, it really was something special. Also, we'll bring in uh, Mark Immelman. Mark, uh, to Kyle's point, I think the course was great. I applaud and, and tip my cap to both the international squad and the U.S. squad. To me, this is exactly what a President's Cup should be. Uh, hey, Rick, uh, when are they announcing the groupings for tomorrow? Is it co- is coming up? Um, am I, just, no. I, I, I wish. Unfortunately, uh, this is it. <laughs> uh, it, it. You know what? It was everything one could have wished for. Now, I don't tweet as, as, with as much wit and eloquence as what you and Kyle do, uh, but, but I just tweeted a little while ago and, and I was like, you know, sitting back in the aftermath of all of this and, and I was just like, wow, you know, Everything was perfect. The golf course was perfect. The tournament was perfect. The finish was perfect. I mean, the effort put forth by the international team was perfect. Ernie Els, as a captain, was perfect. I mean, his his, his acceptance speech was was just just dripping with class. Um, and of course, the performance by the U.S. team. It was clinical. It, it was powerful. I mean, they did what everyone expected they were going to do, and. Tiger Woods' boys answered the call. He said to them, he's like, go do your job, go earn your point. And he led from the front. So just, I mean, the 2019 President's Cup was one for the ages, and and it couldn't have been any better. And and, and I say this being a dear friend of Ernie Els. I have a younger brother who was an assistant captain. I'm friends with a lot of the guys on that team, as I am with the guys on the American team. But the right team won at the right course, and it was emblematic of the state of the global game right now and i'll i'll stop before i get tearful <laughs> well i'll i'll 
keep it right here with you, Mark, because uh, you, you do have such a close connection to this team. And it, it's one of these situations where, uh, to me, Ernie Els, and we'll start with the captains, just got everything he possibly could have asked for out of his squad. Um, on paper, they were they were not a better team than the U.S. squad. We talked about that over and over and over again. But to be leading after three days, to come as close as they did, uh, really a testament to, again, the preparation, um, the buy-in that he got from his squad and that they were just really able to go out there and squeeze, um, you know, as they say, all the juice out of out of the lemon. Uh, he, they, the, he, his boys absolutely bought in, and when he was interviewed, quite emotional about about his his crew, and he goes, "I love these boys," and he said, "I love them a few times," and and that's who Ernie else is, you know. He he's a big, imposing character. He's known as the Big Easy, but he's not that easy, you know. He's a tough competitor, and and he'll stand up for what he believes in, and he stood up for his boys. We saw that in the press conference um, leading into this final day, where he took on Tiger Woods a little bit about. You know, how about how the galleries were going on, but they were just wildly outmatched. Average world ranking for the American team was like 12 and the internationals was like 40. And I mean, the, the U.S. team had eight players in the top 15 in the world golf rankings. The, the, the internationals had none. The U.S. had two players who were ranked 20th or lower. The internationals had 11 and Ernie else somehow got these boys to believe in themselves and, and, and make them Basically play up to, and Louis Ostazen said, play up to what he saw in them, and he saw the goodness, and he saw the spirit that they had, and he unlocked that stuff, and it speaks to who he is, it speaks to his leadership skill, he was hands-on, he was involved, he had his heart and soul invested in this thing, and and I think if I was giving him a grade, I'd give him an A+, and like 10 out of 10, because he absolutely nailed it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I'm so impressed with, with, with the effort and the preparation and everything that the international team, uh, came with this week. And, and Kyle, we, we saw a couple of emotional captains out there today. Um, Tiger, you know, after, after clinching the, uh, you know, Kuchar's puck goes in to clinch the point that, that, uh, wins the U.S. the cup and, and some of these interviews, it's kind of weird to see Tiger, who I always kind of think as a lone wolf, right? And, uh, not, not so many friends on tour, but in the past couple of years, he has certainly evolved and he was almost talking about, uh, some of his teammates as if they were his children and how proud he was of them. Yeah, his boys. His boys. That's what he said. Boys. His boys. Yeah, I couldn't, boys. I couldn't think of the word. His boys, right? How <laughs> could I forget? That voice D, right? That's boys. Yeah, exactly. Boys. It, you know, the Tiger thing is so interesting to me, and I, I love to psychoanalyze, and, you know, most of the time I'm probably just an idiot and wrong or whatever, but I think for Tiger, like, look, he's had a, he's had a, like, a weird life. Like, he, he, he's been so famous that he hasn't really been able to, like, trust people and get close to people, and it's just, it's just, it's, it, it's just weird when you're that famous and that successful, and I think he is, I think what we're watching is we're watching somebody who's 43, about to be 44, figure out like what you and I and Mark and and all of us figured out earlier in life. And that is that like all the achievement and success in the world is meaningless unless you have people like genuine people that you're friends with to to share it with. And I think that's sort of what, you know, not to go too deep on like what is going on in Tiger's head, but I think that's like what we're seeing and, and, and to watch it play out on his face and in his words and with his emotions, it's pretty fascinating, uh, especially because he's one of the most famous athletes to ever live. 
It's weird when we get um, a first for Tiger because we talk about this all the time, Kyle. Like basically any stat that gets thrown out there, if you just guess Tiger Woods is the answer, it's it's right like sixty five percent of the time. Um, so it's weird. It's weird when firsts happen. Uh, so you know he gets this first win as a captain. I assume now there's probably going to be more of these. There's really only one thing for me uh, that's left on the resume. He might get an opportunity to do that in 2020, which would be the Olympics, which would be pretty sweet. Yeah, it would. And, uh, you know, we'll see him. You know, I thought he was, um, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty good as a captain. Again, I think his only, I thought the Webb Reed thing went on one match too long. And I thought he, any, I, I don't know what he would have done differently, but having himself as a player, that whole, that whole idea was, was a little bit weird. But, um, man, he was fun on, on Sunday or Saturday, whatever day it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the singles, he was fun because, to, to, and you and you see his genius a little bit in the way he plays. He's a little bit like um, I don't. He's kind of like remember that uh, was it the Ravens team in like 2000 that had just the un like the Ed Reed just, Ray yeah, Ray. just the defense, right? Yeah, and so he gets two up on somebody. Uh, he gets two up on Abraham Answer, and then you, you can tell he's just he's just defending. Like he's he's you know he's not going to let him completely all the way in. And the way he plays starts to be a little bit different. So he is, I mean, he's playing chess and we're all like talking about checkers. So it, it's just, it's a different game and it's, a, it's a blast. It's a, it's a, honestly, it's kind of a privilege to get to watch and, and talk about. Yeah, let's um. So let's jump into these matches, and we won't go over them one by one. We'll just talk about the the big moments here. But to recap, the United States team goes out and gets eight out of twelve possible points here in uh yeah Saturday singles, Sunday singles, depending on I guess what continent you're on and what time zone, uh, and end up winning this thing sixteen fourteen. So a pretty massive day for the U.S. squad. Uh, Mark Tiger puts himself out match number one against Abraham Answer and wins three and two uh, and we heard a couple of other guys allude to this but the idea of Tiger putting himself out first seemed to really set the tone for the rest of the day it absolutely did I mean he's charged to the team his boys as you say was yeah. do your job earn your point and and he led from the front and you know every great general I'm gonna psychoanalyze a little bit like uh, like Kyle right now you know the great general the the William Wallace and these sorts of guys the Sherman's and company, they, they lead from the front. They, they, they charge into battle at the front and everyone follows them. And he got out first. He led the way. He took charge of that match on the second hole with a birdie. And then they traded holes. They didn't have a tie until, uh, a, a tie until I think the eighth hole. And then Tiger with quick uh, pickups on nine and ten and then just sort of dropped the anchor, like Kyle said, and sort of managed the game. Just kept the ball in front of him, I guess, if you're playing football or something like that. And then, and then, you know, when he needs to, he's feasted on par fives his entire career. And then 15, he, he makes the uh, birdie there, makes the, gets the lead. And then 16, I mean, this is the height of sauce. And if our no laying up friends, <laughs> the boy's got a birdie putt from like 15, 20 feet. And I set the thing up. I'm the analyst for PGA Tour Live. And I'm like, you know, in his day, Tiger made a number of these and, and, and when he hits the putts, you can basically tell if the thing's online. And he makes contact, and I'm like, this has got some promise. <laughs> yeah, he he had the cap off uh, before that thing even hit the bottom of the cup. <laughs> and then in his post-run comments, he goes, yes, Hansie, 
I knew it was in six feet from the hole. I just figured I shouldn't take off my cap that quickly. And I'm like, boss, okay, you are yeah. the man. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's operating on a plane higher than the rest. And, and, and I was jacked for Abraham that he got the chance, but he got all of Tiger Woods today. And, and it will be a learning experience for Answer who will make him better. But Tiger just, Tiger was vintage Tiger and he, he did what he needed to do. Yeah, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger was, uh, super swaggy on, on 16. Uh, he beats Abraham Answer, who still, uh, he's gonna finish this thing, a tied for the top point scorer across the board. So three and a half points, uh, also at- obtained by, uh, Sung J M and Justin Thomas. I, I mean, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, Kyle. Uh, no reason for us not to kind of think about Abraham Answer and some of these other guys as well. I mean, we, we talk about Sung J a lot, but not, not necessarily the rest of the, the golfing world does. Or, um, I mean, Benny Ahn had a great week. There's going to be guys that are going to be elevated and we're going to think of them differently moving forward. Yeah, I mean, look, like if CT Payne had come back from uh, the bread man, had yeah. uh, come back on the doughboy uh, after uh, after I, going, he was trying. When Reed made like six birdies in a row, you are the first guy I thought about, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I wanted if if CT Payne had come back on Reed, I might have picked CT to win Augusta here in a couple months. Uh, I I thought you know <laughs> I, I thought. I thought CT was really good. I, I think the two guys are probably going to end up being uh, Sung Jay and Answer. Um, I would listen to, like, I mean, I, I'm kind of in on Neiman. I don't know if this week really proved that. I thought he was kind of okay. Uh, ben On was good. But I think the two biggest leaps in terms of, like, we'll think about their careers differently uh, are, are Sung Jay and, and Abraham Answer. I thought they were both uh, brilliant. Sung Jay's a. Sanjay's a star. I mean, he's he's so good. I mean, if his name was, you know, Mike Scott and he played four years at the University of Georgia, he would be hey, he would have more endor- endorsements than than Ricky Fowler right now. I mean, it's just that's just the way things are. And uh, I'm really excited for his 2020 and beyond. I, I agree with that. I got to tell you, you're gonna see Abraham answer in some black and white. Um, a men's eau de toilette commercial in some magazine coming up. I mean, this guy, <laughs> the future is in front of him now. He's got the looks. He's got the game. He, he showed he showed big gumption against Tiger because he didn't go away. He could have capitulated, but he kept battling, and this guy's all all game, and, and his future is at his doorstep right now. And he got to check off the uh, the bucket list item of playing against Tiger Woods, and uh, he was probably regretting that for a handful of holes, but I, I agree. A really, a really good showing from answer uh you, you mentioned ct pan kyle uh it looked like it was going to be a, a Stephen Ames situation with patrick reed where he <laughs> where he jumps out to like a million up through he was six up through seven i believe and we're like oh my gosh this is terrible um a, another guy who who shows a lot coming down the stretch and patrick reed this is kind of what we were expecting out of him uh when you get to the president's cup and when you get to this type of event uh from day one um but it was a very weird week for Patrick Reed. He had the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, it, it was the weirdest week. And look, I, I don't think that, you know, him beating CT Pan in a in a singles match changes, I mean, really anything I've said all week or, or, or the way that we should feel about him in the future. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be, uh, he shouldn't be a captain's pick. Again, if he makes it on points, fine, whatever. But it's just, it's too much of a distraction, man. Like he's not, you know, if you're like, 
I don't know, JT or Tiger, you're that good, like you're Kepka and you're a distraction, then fine. But he's just he's not his his talent and 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 his ability does not overcome the distraction that he is and was this week. And you know, that that's you know, part of that is a little out of his control. You know, his caddy getting getting ejected uh, from the event or getting he wasn't able to caddy on on Sunday. Some some of that is a little bit out of uh what he can control, but um yeah, it it's not been a great uh, 10 day stretch for for Patty Reed. Yeah, so Mark, I mean, we talk a lot about buying and selling stock on on golfers on this on this show and um I feel like no one's stock uh, fell worse than than Patrick Reed's did this week. Sadly, you know, because he plays a beautiful game, and 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 I'm going to sound romantic here, but I'm the golf nerd in the group. <laughs> you you know, he plays an old style game. He sort of plays an open club face kind of thing that he releases through there. There's a lot of feel and a lot of sense for the club head, and and he's not the modern guy. You know, he's 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 hardly you know some swimsuit model kind of thing. He's kind of little. Little round on the edges and, and, but, but, but he's got super touch and, and he plays with a lot of grit. He's kind of like the modern day Ray Floyd, if you will. But, but sadly, there was a bunch of, um, bunch of hubbub around him, which is, which is to Carl's point, not what you want in the team environment. And so, yeah, he, his stock has dropped. But the cool thing about this and, and, and you, you know, I'm going to use Tiger Woods as an example. You know, Tiger Woods, just a few years ago when I'd be on the golf course, when he was coming back from all of the indiscretions or what you want to call them, I would say the crowd was 50-50. You know, 50% of the folks was there to cheer for Tiger. 50% of the folks was there to see if it was going to be a train wreck again. And then all of a sudden, just a couple of short years ago, I'm at Eastlake. He comes down the final hole there to win his first win back. And it's like... It's almost like Jesus had descended on high and shown up in Atlanta, Georgia. And everybody, I mean everybody in the world and everybody on the premises was pulling for Tiger. And so sports fans in that sort of a manner, and I experienced this front and center. I was there on the edge of the green. They, they show a lot of grace. And so, you know, you start to do the right thing. So I'm hoping for Reed Six makes a few right decisions now, you know, bites his tongue when he needs to. Let's his clubs do the talking to use a cliche. Now, hopefully he'll get some grace because he is a really beautiful golfer who, when he puts things together, we've seen he can win on some big golf courses and we've seen he can do some special stuff in teams, but he's got to realize he's a professional golfer with the emphasis on the word professional. It is your profession, your golf clubs. People will start to forget you quickly, even though you make low scores, if you're not professional about what you do. Yeah, I think a couple of weeks uh, away from the spotlight and away from the TV coverage will probably do Patrick Reed uh, a, a heck of a lot um, moving forward for his for his rep. But let's let's get back to some of these matches here. Um, I, I want to point out a couple other items that I thought were interesting. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, Kyle, who for the for I don't know most of the week he was just kind of okay. Looked like the the flip uh, the switch kind of flipped for him. Uh, I would say back nine of the PM session yesterday goes out and he beats Joaquin.
Joaquin Neiman. He's getting fired up to the point where the coverage has to apologize for an expletive he thrown out, he threw out there uh, after sinking a putt. Uh, I really like Cantlay moving forward 2020. He's got a real big game, and it was nice to see him finally uh, come into this and, and contribute a 3-2 and two win over Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, I think he finished five under through 16 holes. He he bogeys 10, and then he goes 3-3-3-3, three, 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 and that was pretty much a wrap. And, uh, yeah, Cantlay, man, Cantlay, the team thing, I, I don't know if Xander is is the uh, – you know, I don't. I don't know if it's them two going forward at Ryder Cups, Presidents Cups. It did. It it kind of worked, and then you're like, I don't. I don't know. Like, does this work? But as an individual, I do not want to face Patrick Cantlay in in match play. Like, he is just he's nasty, and and, and his he, he just he just doesn't miss shots. Like, he, his iron play is so good, and he he's just. He would be like if I drew him. I was on the other side. If I was on a European team or in an, or an international team on Sunday, I'd be like that is like one of the last three guys that I want to go against because he doesn't. He, his demeanor doesn't change. He's just the same throughout, and that's tough. That's tough to kind of. He seems a little impervious in that sense. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, and and that you know it's sort of. It sort of mirrored his uh, his amateur career. He's a great amateur. Um, he had some great runs at like the uh, the Western Am and the, and the USAM. So not super surprising considering he's a top ten guy in the world and had a great amateur match play career. But him get that stage and uh, even more to come. I think next year at, at uh, Whistling Straits. Yeah, and and Mark, his his playing partner all week, Xander Shoffley, another one of these guys who uh, you can barely tell if he has a pulse or not. Uh, what I thought was really interesting is in his post round interview, he the exact quote he used was he it was panic on the inside, I which heard. is which is like hilarious, right? For that guy uh, who is so cool, calm, and collected on the outside to tell us all, tell the world that he was panicking on the inside. You know what, and that was such a, you know, you guys talk about content. I mean, there was such content for me, that statement, because I'm thinking of my On The Mark podcast, and I'm always trying to bring lessons from the tour to the golfers around the world. And, and he has one of the great golfers in the game, and he is truly one of the great golfers of the game, talking about panic. Yet, you know, he said he was panicking on the inside, but you wouldn't tell it. The, the dude looks like a duck on water. And, and he's a duck on water with AK-47s, okay, because he has got a full weapons cache and he can hang with anybody at any time in the game. This, we had talked about this in the previous part, Rick. Uh, we, you and I both had identified this Adam Scott, um, Xander Shafley matches a crucial one and he dropped the hammer early and kept the pressure up. And I mean, he was four up on Adam Scott's basically the, the tip of the international spear through eight holes. And that speaks to uh, the quality of who Xander Shafley is. And, and the thing I like about him is he doesn't make it all very fancy. It doesn't sound ethereal or esoteric when he plays. You know, he's like, I'm going to play golf and I'm I'm going to tell you if I'm nervous and and when things are going well, I don't think too much. I just kind of pick a club, pick a club and pull the trigger. And and I think that's refreshing in a way. He's sort of an old school soul who's playing in a modern game. And and man, he is legitimate. And if you're selling me stock. I am like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the chairman of the Xander Shoffley uh, fan club, like Kyle is the chairman of the Jordan Spieth fan club. Hey, uh, real quick, Mark, better career, Patrick Cantlay or Xander Shoffley? Oh boy, I'm 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 gonna plead the fifth on that one because they're both good. They they I mean they, they, these are special special golfers, and I don't toss out the term generational talent in a while because 
You get guys like Tag, Tag is a millennial talent, all right? It's like a Jack Nicholas. Rory's a generational guy who, you know, I, I think might turn into the millennial one when because he's thinking about the game differently. But there's no doubt that both Xander and Cantley, in my opinion, are they are cut above the rest. And to say that about a PGA Tour golfer is is a big compliment because you know you've you've got to you got to be really good to suck on the PGA Tour, and then because the guys are so good out there, and 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 both those guys are good. Rick, you got a well, take on that? Well, I, I was just gonna say, um, I, I would I would take Xander. Um, I think the way that he can just put it into like a fifth gear when like like we've seen him do at times and just continues to pop up in all of the big events it just it, to mark's point like pull the club uh swing like you don't you don't know if he's panicking on the inside and his results certainly don't show it but when you pop that question Kyle you knew we were going to ask you that you, we we're going to tell you you have you have to answer it <laughs> I think I, I'd go Xander too. Just he, and I don't know. There's no statistic for this. Like I think statistically they're actually pretty similar. Um, I, he just wins more, you know. And 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 like can't lay one Memorial, but Xander just even when he even when he didn't like his statistics before this season, like before uh, eighteen nineteen. They, they were okay. They weren't great, but he won. He won. He won. He won. He wins a lot. And I think there's something to that. And for that reason, just it, it's a small thing, but uh, I think I would go Xander over over Cantlay. Well, look, either way, I'm buying. I mean, look, I, I'll happily settle for Patrick Cantlay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cantlay is he has battled some injury. You know, you've he had uh, he sort of struggled with back problems and such. He's, he seems to be beyond that. But you know, once a tender back, always a tender back. But they both they they really are both good, and you're going to see them for a long time. I agree. Um, all right, one more uh, match of, of real note here before we kind of uh, get back to recapping this. Uh, Cam Smith, Mark, who I uh, t- I loved watching this guy this week. I wish we could have seen more of him. Um, he ended one one and one, I believe. So one and a half points. Always seem to be uh, there with the the right statement in the in the post round interviews. Um, seem to be a, a big uh, crucial part of this team as far as getting around Royal Melbourne. I just wish we would have seen more of him. Goes out and beats Justin Thomas two and one uh, on home soil, which I felt like was such a fitting uh, way for him to end uh, you know his his 2019 Presidents Cup. It certainly was. I mean, because J- Justin Thomas was well up on him from the first hole. Thomas birdied the first and got as much as three up, I think, um, through about five or six holes. My memory fails me right now, um, given all these late nights. But, but he just chipped away at the lead and he was very professional about what he did and then on the back nine accelerated. And I gotta tell you, um, the measure of a man and the measure of a golfer for me is, is deal- facing up to adversity and, and dealing with some bad cards that are dealt you. And he's playing J- JT, who's, again, like the tip of the spear of the U.S. team. And Justin hits an approach shot, approach shot into 17 there and basically stuffs it. And everyone's going crazy already because uh, Kuchar is, I think, at this stage wrapped. No, no, it wasn't wrapped up just yet, but it was pretty close. But, but um, yeah. J- uh, Cameron Smith gets in there and follows this and hits it inside of Justin Thomas, and that takes major gumption. I mean, not just to have the mindset to go, well, whatever, I'm going to do this, but then the skill to follow that up, that was big. 
and then the putt gets missed, and then of course uh, he knocks it in and, and earns the victory. And, and if nothing else, Cameron Smith has been the kid who everyone knew, especially the Australians, that this kid had something special. I think this might be that situation where that win over Justin Thomas under that pressure in front of the home crowds may just lift the handbrake some, and he gets and he starts racing from here because that was a big win from a a, a hell of a talented golfer. Yeah, and that that match was uh, it, it was not decided at that point. And if if Cameron Smith lets that get away from him, and he lets GT even get a half, it's basically over. So Cam Smith really had to uh, lock down and, and defend the the full point there, which he ended up doing. Which Kyle leads us to uh, Matt Kuchar uh, on seventeen locking up uh, at least a half a point for the United States team, which ends up being the clinching point. Uh, I was rooting for uh, uh, Ricky Fowler to be the guy in the spotlight here who gets, you know, he's known for always waiting and shaking everybody's hand after a win. Would have been really cool to watch him come off the green and, and get props from everybody, but it ends up Kuchar being the guy who who locks it up. Yeah, I, I said on Twitter, Kuchar uh, open, or closed 2019 the way he opened it, which was stiff in one. Um, hey yeah. <laughs> You're the best tweeter ever. <laughs> he, he, uh, the shot into 17 was sick. Speaking of Twitter, uh, Tiger at the press conference just said, uh, Abe wanted it and he got it. Uh, He's so uh, cold-blooded. <laughs> how good is that? Uh, uh, we said that last night. Like he, all, all the guy, all the greatest ever. Like they take these little snippets or bulletin board material and they put it in their pocket and they just wait to use it on you. And that's like, I of course he remembered that. It's that's pretty good. But no, Kucher was the unexpected. I mean, if you would have told me like, hey, uh, pick somebody. At the end of the week, that's gonna that's gonna clinch the the the, the, the like is gonna hit the winning pot for the U.S. team. Kuchar might not have been in my top ten on the U.S. side. I know there's only twelve guys. Uh, I did not see that coming. It was an unbelievable shot in the 17, and he kind of walked it home, which was sick. Uh, it it was it was cool. It was a, it was a it was a genuine real moment, and. Yeah. You hadn't gotten a lot of that out of the U.S. team this week and, uh, you know, other than like JT and Tiger earlier. So, uh, that was, that was pretty cool to see and just a, just a fun way to end the week. I mean, look, if it had been in the, the international side, I, I would be saying the same thing. It, it needed to end in a, in a cool way. And, and I thought, you know, of course, Kucher had to get the half point. Like that's how he clinched the, the thing. Um, <laughs> right. very fitting, but, uh, it, it was a cool way to end it. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and Mark, the one thing that as this was coming down the stretch, um, I was thinking about you and I was thinking about a conversation that we had. I think it was last night where we were kind of saying, you know, you, we were burying Leishman in the, in the final spot there. Um, and he hadn't played well. And in, it, this always happens in baseball, right? Where like you, you take your best hitter and you try to hide him in the field and the ball always finds him. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, the ball is going to find Leishman here and it's going to come down to him, uh, for this half a point or full point that he needs. It doesn't end up happening, but like, I think it's funny to, you know, I don't know if they were trying to hide him there, but it, it was almost going to come down to Leishman, who has been one of their, you know, worst players of the week. Yeah, it, it, you, you sort of knew it was going to when you looked at how the whole thing was shaking out, and and uh, the internationals needed five and a half, which was, you know, sounded easy. My colleague Frank Noble was like, "Well, it's only five and a half points." When we chatted, I was like, "Wow, that's a that's a long road right now." So I had a feeling it would go farther down the list, 
And I was looking at these things going, man, I guarantee you Smith or Arn or someone, this is going to be in the hot seat. And of course it gets to Leishman. And, but, but the thing about Leishman, cause I, look, I think I looked through his card and he was a couple three under par and, and so he played solidly, um, against Ricky Fowler, who's a, he's a gun. He really is. And, um, so I was happy for him, but I'm convinced that that nine iron he hit into the 18th yesterday afternoon in, in the, uh, in the foursomes matches to get that, that famous comeback victory alongside Abe Answer over JT and Ricky. I think that sort of turned his week around and, and he was a bit of a beast in, in, in the anchor match. He came out and he made a quick birdie to take the ascendancy and it was back and forth and, and he hung in there and I'm happy for him that he did this in front of, uh, you know, crowds. He, he grew up just a couple of hours away from Royal Melbourne. So I was happy for one of the great guys in the game. Yeah, he looks like he did, he did catch a spark there on 18 yesterday. So, uh, it does end up a 16-14 victory for the United States squad. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break and then we're going to just chat through, uh, some takeaways and, and what we think moving forward here. But I'll leave you guys with this one stat before we do that. Uh, Tiger Woods is the first playing captain to go undefeated in his team's victory since Sam Snead in 1959, of course, Woods and Sam Snead share the PGA Tours record for most career victories. So it is full circle here. That's courtesy of uh, Sean Martin on Twitter. Pretty cool. Uh, all right. So let's take a uh, quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything 
works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. Um, so here's what I want to do. I just want to put a bow on this whole thing. Uh, we kind of alluded to it at the beginning. Um, Kyle, I mean, Royal Melbourne, uh, I, I don't have a bad word. I don't have a bad thought. I thought it did exactly what a great world-class course should do, which I mentioned earlier in the week. Um, reward good shots and punish bad shots. I thought it was awesome. Um, why don't you put a bow on Royal Melbourne, Melbourne for us and then – uh, looking forward a little bit because we're, they're going to be at Quail Hollow in 2021. Well, here's my thing about Royal Melbourne, and and this is why it was it's such a, a genius course is is because like we look at the world rankings, and Mark mentioned this earlier, and and you're like, okay, well the U.S. has a lot more firepower. Well, the reason that we say that is because the world golf rankings favor the Americans, but the reason that they have so many world golf ranking points. It's because they play on these courses that are just bomb and gouge, bomb and gouge, bomb and gouge. And so you're rewarding not necessarily great golfers, but big hitters, great, great hitters of the golf ball. And when you bring it to Royal Melbourne, that's a, that's an equal, you know, that, that normalizes the entire field. And, and, and it's to the point where you're like, I don't know, is DJ actually better at golf than somebody like Cam Smith? Now, y- yes, of course he is, <laughs> but I just, I feel like you get more of a pure test. At a place like Royal Melbourne, it's it, you know I agree with what Tiger said on on uh, whatever day three. I, I I'm not even going to use days of the week anymore. But the, <laughs> after the third day, he said uh, this is the way golf should be played, and I agree. And it it just it, it was it was the best man. I loved it. I I don't look Quail Hollow is is beautiful. I was there for the PGA a couple years ago, but it's not. I mean, this isn't the understatement of the week. It's not the same as Royal Melbourne. It's not the same type of play. And you're just going to see, I think you're going to see another U.S. blowout because that's the type of course that those guys thrive on. And I just, I just don't like it. I, I don't think it's as good uh, of a viewing experience, of a fan experience, of a player experience as something like Melbourne. Mark, the, the strategy, uh, involved in a course, uh, like Royal Melbourne, to Kyle's point, I think really does benefit, quite frankly, the non-Americans. Um, not, you know, there's, there's plenty of shots that need to be played on the ground or there's multiple ways to play it. And a lot of these American players, uh, have one route. So I, I would love to see it. I mean, I'd love to see more Royal Melbourne in general, but other courses that I think uh, would be comparable in terms of it's just not one specific skill set that gets you around there. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, but, you know, I just want to keep this um, conversation tidy and say Jack Nicklaus has won plenty of open championships, as has Tiger, as has Bob Jones. Ben Hogan's won over and, you know, no, so, so link, so, so different style golf is not necessarily um, limited to the international player. You're, you're, you, if, if you're a talented golfer, whether you're from the United States or whether you're from Timbuktu, you know, you know how to manage a golf course. And, and these guys are great golf course learners. I don't care who you are. Um, so if you get to a place and you figure out how the ball's going to bounce and what the weather's like and what the whole locations are likely to be. And then most importantly, how your game is and are you able to control the trajectory of the ball and such, you know, you can navigate your way around there. Um, It's part of the reason why I called this American performance clinical, um, and I feel like they can win anywhere. Um, Because when the chips were down 
on a Sunday at Royal Melbourne, who'd favoured the international team for a couple of days prior, they showed up and they just dropped the hammer. So, yes, um, I, I hear what Carl's saying, you know, for uh, Quail Hollow is a typically American-style golf course, and maybe if you go to something uh, a little different where the gr- ball's played in the ground, you might give, you know, some of the internationals a bit bigger a chance. But as I look through the list of players, the only guy on the international team that doesn't play full-time on the PGA Tour is Hatong Lee. And so so there's... The, it's a two-edged sword for me right now, and and I just still think that you can play this thing in Georgia, you can play this thing in Melbourne, you can play this thing in China, you can play this thing in India. American golf is strong; it always has been because of just the the demographics of the game, the instruction, the money over here. So it's it's the international team have done great. Ernie, Ernie is a fantastic leader. I hope he signs up for another outing. He, he, yeah, because because get the best out of them. But, but there's still some road that has to be hoed if, if they want to honestly threaten um, this, this United States team. I'm certainly looking forward uh, to, to more of these, and that kind of leads me to our, our final question here and what our, our big takeaway is on this 2019 President's Cup heading into uh, both 2020 and 2021. And for me, I'll, you know, I'll start here. It, it, it's how, how great golf is right now. You know, we just watched – uh, an event that is historically dominated by one side um, come out and be competitive down to the very last moment. And in a world where we look for storylines, we look for headlines, we want to we want to crown winners and we want to call out the losers. Um, I don't know who the losers are this week because I think everyone really shined. Uh, the entire international squad, Ernie was great, and then of course uh, you get the winners in the Americans. So I think it's a, a big. A plus all around, and that's that's really my takeaway. Um, Kyle, where do you stand on on the state of uh, the Presidents Cup and and going into 2020? Well, the the Presidents Cup has been rejuvenated. I mean, we're we're you know the, it's good for them that you know we're gonna have two years and we're gonna look back and be like that was awesome. Like I hope it's like that again at Quail Hollow. Um, for me, the big takeaway is this. I wish we were playing the Open Championship in like three weeks. And the reason I say that is because I would pick Tiger to win it. I think in terms of this uh, kind of style of golf, I think he's I think he's just I, – he's kind of at the top of his game right now, which it, it sounds crazy because I watched the end of last PGA Tour season and you're like – I don't know, man. Like, how's this going to go over the next few seasons? And then he wins the Zozo. And just the way he dissected Melbourne was just, it was sweet. I mean, it was really, really cool. And uh, I hope that he is fully healthy for Wingfoot, for St. George's, obviously for Augusta, and just the places that we're going in 2020 because it's uh, undeniable that when he is when he's rocking when he's feeling it that it makes it, there's just a different energy about uh, about golf in general well he's uh he's 25 to 1 at the open championship uh right now and he, yes. i'm sure we've been much shorter than that before we get to royal st george's uh in a couple of months so now's the time um all right mark uh, put a put a bow on this for us you can be you can be the romantic one um we're going to let you we're going to let you put a bow on it for us well, I'm going to follow the same sort of attack as what Kyle just said. I, I, I'm hoping, and it's always my hope, because, you know, when you let a golf ball roll, it, it'll show off the real skill of a golfer. Yeah. You know, if you have soft conditions, if you have thick rough, everyone plays from the same place. Everyone 
when you get in the rough, have to sort of pitch out, and and it basically basically becomes a bit of a wedging competition. But if you let guys, you know, putt from like that putt the Tiger hit from 125 oh, or whatever it was, that, that was, was unbelievable, sexy. Okay, I mean that that was un, but that was probably the shot of the tournament for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just hope tournament set up people because you can do this in an American course. You can let the ball run a little bit. It's good for the environment. Um, it's great for the game, and it stimulates for all the young golfers listening to this. You know, go and hit shots and go and find different ways to play golf. It's how the game was originally played. And, yes, it doesn't look as cool on television as the green place with the lush fairways and such like that, but it's going to develop the golfer. And, and we saw the most skilled golfers win their matches. That was just how it went. The individual playing the best, there was no fluky, there was nothing. There were good greens, and the ball was rolling around the place, and so you had to gain control of it somehow. And then also, with the speeds of some of the greens, you had to be able to manage your nerve. And so it, it was the ultimate test of what golf represents to me, and that's probably why I'm, I'm on top of the world right now, despite the result. The result was great. It was just a wonderful event at a great place, and, and to see the best golfers in the world do their thing um, it was really cool. It was a it was a long week, but it was a fun week. Uh, I appreciate uh, all the hard work that uh, that you guys put in this week. So that'll do it for this episode of the First Cut Podcast. Uh, show us some support. Leave us a, a rating and review. I'd like to thank uh, Mark Immelman. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at Mark underscore Immelman. And Kyle Porter. He's at Kyle Porter CBS. I'm Rick Gaiman, and we'll talk to you soon. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.